everybody and welcome to Nutty Buddy Sports and on today's episode we are going to recap week number 8 with the great, the good, the bad and the ugly. We talk about winners and losers for the trade deadline and then we predict week 9. That's coming up right here right now on Nutty Buddy Sports. Welcome back, everybody, to Nutty Buddy Sports. I'm your host, Ryan. On today's episode, we are going to do the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly for week eight. We are going to pick some draft winners and losers, and then uh, draft. I'm in trade deadline, winners or losers. We'll talk about draft uh, when when the uh, spring comes along. And then what we're going to do is we're going to predict week nine with Ryan versus the guest. And to do that with me, I have Talon. You're back. How's it going, man? It's going great. Great to be back. Yeah, good to have you. I can't wait to hear about how you're feeling about your Hall of Fame quarterback, Geno Smith, but we'll 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 come back to that. Uh and for the first time, we have a father-son combo. Uh Talon's dad is joining us. Matt, Matt, how's it going? It is going great for such a dismal season already. Okay, so you're gonna have to tell um the listeners uh who you root for and why. I unfortunately root for the Las Vegas Raiders. And the reason why is I was uh, raised in Northern California. And my kindergarten teacher, who I absolutely loved, was a Raider fan. And so she came in every Monday talking about the Raiders. Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. And it stuck. And little did I know that my dad was actually a 49er fan and I could have been a uh, on the the Joe Montana bandwagon, but nope, I stuck with the Raiders, and now I'm still, sadly, stuck with the Raiders. But love being part of Raider Nation. Yeah, at least you're loyal. At least you're loyal. Do you, do you have a favorite Raider? Uh, Howie Long. Yeah, Howie Long, maybe Lester Hayes, and probably more modern Charles Woodson. Oh, Charles Woodson, yeah. Uh, oh, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. It was so brief. Yeah. Yeah. Talon, you had something you want to ask your dad about his fandom or make fun of him? Yeah, no, I, I can't make fun of him. Uh, but I was I was trying to remember, did, was your kindergarten teacher married to uh, a Raider football player at one point, too? If I remember correctly, she had dated briefly Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber. And that's why she was such a Raider fan. Ah, Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool fact. Cool fact. Mrs. Napick. Mrs. Napick. Always remember you. <laughs> there you go. So just in case she's listening. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, let's get into it. Then we'll, we'll, let's uh, get into the specifics for week eight. We're going to recap it with the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's go ahead and start out with the great Matt. Since this is your first time, I'll ask you, what is your first great of week uh, eight of the NFL season. I, I hate doing it and I, I don't want to do it, but the Cowboys looked great. Micah Parsons is an animal and I loved him coming out of that draft out of Penn state. And I, but I hate the Cowboys, but I just, I gotta, I gotta let my hatred go and say the Cowboys looked great. They look like they might be back on a roll. Yeah, Dak, Dak looks like he uh, – because the Bears' defense hasn't been bad. That's the surprising part. Like, I thought they would um, maybe keep it 
uh, at least the game like lower scoring. Uh, but the Bears defense was the, he threw, you know, he threw on them. They ran on them at will. Their offense looked like they were, you know, like they have figured it out. They're clicking. Uh, Dak looks like Dak. So uh, he only had six incompletions. So, I mean, like he, he he's doing really good. I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I'm with you on that. The Cowboys did look great uh, in week eight. Yeah. Tony Pollard too. Got to yeah. give it to that guy, man. He looked awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't like to say it either, but uh, yeah, I guess Cowboys are looking good right now. Talon, you got a great for week uh, eight. Yeah. I thought the great, for me was that the Tennessee Titans were able to just manhandle uh, their division rivals on the back of a running back. I mean, and <laughs> so performance, but I mean, it's the Texans, but the fact that Henry was able to be that offense and, and win the game with uh, Malik Willis, you look at his stats and, and you would never guess looking at quarterback stats that bad. I don't have them up with me, but Check him out, look him up, and and you would never guess that that football team ended up with the win. And that was just amazing. So that, I thought that was great. Agreed. Like when you know the guys have to run to win, it should, you would think it'd be easier, right? It would be easier to stop a team like that. Uh, Malik Willis, six of 10, 55 yards passing in an interception. <laughs> so they won despite, like, I, I think they knew that he, he isn't ready, obviously. Obviously, he's very raw. But uh, Henry averaged almost seven yards a carry. Hilliard ran all, 10 yards a carry. So they, you're right. They just dismantled them on the ground. You, you won the game like old school smash mouth football style. Okay. Um, I will go with my first grade. Uh, I will. Uh, let's start with the Niners, uh, mainly the McCaffrey trade. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, we, we I talked about it with Clint. Uh, or and and uh, Chris, I think Chris was the other one, but he had the uh, rare uh, triple triple crown where you pass a touchdown, catch a touchdown, ran for a touchdown. Um, so that trade already seemed to pan out. It's almost like a match made in heaven, so to th- uh, so to speak, that Kyle Shanahan gets this weapon. Uh, I might have undersold how valuable he could be as a 49er. I just thought like any running back works with the 49ers, but it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan is going to use that guy uh, all the rest of the season. And he's going to be, pre- he's going to be pretty good on the Niners as long as he can stay healthy. Agreed. Yeah. Um, any other greats guys that we got? Go ahead, Matt. I would just say probably a shout out. I mean, the the team's undefeated, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They still they are rolling. And I, I love Jalen Hurts. And so that's kind of, that's great to see. A lot of people doubted him and he's he's proven a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I was I was kind of one who doubted him as well. Go ahead, Talon. Yeah, no, I agree with everything that was just said there too. And another obvious one, been great pretty much every week, the Bills. I mean in the back of my mind, I kept thinking maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and pull out a win when he really needed it. And that game just never felt like it was in doubt. And the Bills weren't even, it didn't even seem like they were in full postseason form. And so that was just, it just shows how great a team that is playing against Rodgers. Three years ago, you would have never expected them to not play their best football and still just dominate the game. So that was great. Yeah, I saw a weird stat. They the the Packers like won 
yards, time of possession. They won the turnover battle. They won won uh, third down conversions. Like they won all the important stats, and they still lost by a double digit. So, yeah, good good for the Bills to to win that game. Um, Rogers needed help though, and he didn't get. He didn't. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, in our one of our next segments. Um, I, I will also say another great for me. I got to go to the Dolphins Lions game. That was a great experience. I got to see um, Tua and Hill. Man, that guy is just so fun to watch in person. Uh, Jalen Waddle was fun as well. Uh, the, the Dolphins spotted them a 14 point lead. And I said, don't worry, the Dolphins are doing this for, for the Lions sake. And then they came back and won, which I was right. As of right now, uh, Waddle and Hill, I think are both top five, at least top 10 in receiving yards. Uh, I think six and like three or something like that. I'll go ahead Talon. Yeah, I think last time I, I saw Waddle's on pace for 86 receptions and over 1500 yards which for a wide receiver one, that's amazing. And he's the wide receiver too, because Hill's on track for 147 receptions and over 2000 yeah. yard. It's just unheard of. It's good for you, man. Good for yeah. you. you just- yes. Super exciting. Uh, Tua still underthrows Till though. He beat, he beat the two defenders. And if, if he had any arm strength, <laughs> but the dolphins live in that 10 to 20 yard area and it's working. So once in a while, he'll take a shot deep, but they get open to that 10 and 20 yard area and and, and Tua's accurate enough to get the ball to him, which is real nice. Tua in the last, I think, 14 games, I saw a stat, he is 13 and one. So yeah, he's actually, I think he's 18 and seven when he, when he, uh, career wise. So he's actually, I don't know, the Dolphins are finding ways to win with him at quarterback. So that's pretty awesome. That kind of reminds me of uh, one Russell Wilson, was it? too impressive in in the stats department but he his win percentage was up there and so that's the thing too is game managing he's doing enough so reason to be excited yeah i i would say that i what i like about tua he's he's very time oriented he's he's all about timing so he plays within the offense that offense is totally built around him but we don't have to continue to brag up the dolphins we'll talk a little bit more about them later but i had to throw that grade in there i went with my parents so it was a it was a fun time um and and good memories what was that what seats did you have uh section 211 i believe so we were like three or four rows up but we got to see like the whole right side of the field and nice. so it was kind of nice because, you know, obviously that was where the deep ball was to Tyreek. And I saw how underthrown it was. Uh, so, but he caught it. He caught it. So that's the, that's the one thing nice about Tyreek. He fights for every, every ball. So if it's underthrown, he finds a way to catch it. So that's kind of nice. That's great. Okay. You guys ready to move on to the good? I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Talon, why don't we start with you? Uh, give us your good for week uh, eight. Well, you had to talk about your uh, Dolphins, so I'm going to talk about the Seahawks a little bit. They they were good. They won at all phases of the of the football, special teams, defense, offense, and that Giants team going into the season, you would think think nothing of beating up on the New York Giants, but they're a good football team. Uh, they've got their defensive front is just bruising. I saw I saw the Seahawks just get manhandled a lot of that game. And yet we still came out with a win. So I thought it was good. I thought it was good all the way around. No major injuries, which is always huge. So yeah, that that would be my good takeaway. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, the Seahawks, they look nice. Gino, uh, how are you feeling about Gino? I got to ask you, how are you feeling about Gino? I feel wonderful about Gino Smith. I I never thought this would happen, but he every time he drops back to make a pass, I'm not nervous. I'm actually excited for it to release. Before, even last year, I was like, oh, is it going to be a pick? But now I just can't wait for him to release the ball. And I'm noticing... He's completing passes that only maybe a, a handful of quarterbacks can complete when he does that bootleg roll out of the pocket, throw off his hip, like that, mm. that, that Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes type throw. And it's just a dime every single time. So, yeah, I I couldn't be happier with Geno Smith. And, and I heard on another podcast that he's printing his own money at this point. He is printing his own money because the way he's playing, he's going to get paid at the end of the season one way or the other. Yeah, you know what's so surprising to me is like he he's he's right now um 72% completion percentage. I think he leads the league in completion percentage um as far as, you know, with um the 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 um quarterbacks with so many attempts, you know, so there's some that barely played that got a higher QB percentage, but I'm not going to count them. The the ones with a lot of uh, uh, attempts, he's 72%, but he's not like throwing a bunch of short stuff. He he airs it out. So it's not like he's, dip, you know, nickel and diming teams. So yeah, I, I could, as a Jets fan, I mean, uh, as a Dolphins fan, seeing him as a Jet, I'm so surprised of how good he's playing. Matt, you had something to add? Yeah, I was I was going to add add to that about Geno. What with Talon said, he I I would get so nervous with him, but not not anymore. He is really it's like he's honed his skill. I don't know what Geno Smith came out this year <laughs> because I I saw him with the Jets and uh, I can't remember where the other stint he had, but this is a different quarterback, and it's good to see. Sometimes it takes some some quarterbacks a lot longer to finally develop, and he he hasn't given up on himself, and that that's great to see. It's a nice nice story. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and uh, maybe this is a good lesson for the NFL that sometimes like you got to be patient with your quarterbacks, because I feel like that's partly like we all we all expect them to be Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. And it's like sometimes people, you know, take a little bit, but they can be great, too. So, yeah, uh, good good for you, Talon. I'm so, so excited for you. Um, but OK, uh, Matt, you got your good. Yeah, my good is, and I hope my uh, youngest son doesn't listen to this, being a Bengals fan, uh, the Browns. The Browns are my good. Miles Garrett, watching that that guy and everything he can do to an offensive lineman, he powers them, he finesses them, he spins on them. That guy is a monster, and he's one of my favorite players to watch when he's uh, when he's when he's right and. Uh, Nick Chubb too. Those two guys. I love both of those players and watching Nick, Ch- Nick Chubb hurdle defenders. Oh, it was a pretty thing. That That's great. So you have a Seahawks fan, a Browns fan in your family and you're a Raiders fan. That's very, well, he's, a Bengals, he's a Bengals fan. That's oh, why he's not going to want to listen to okay. this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I would, I would, I would turn that off too. Yeah. The way the Browns man handled the Bengals on the ground, even it was just, it was crazy to me. Uh, the game was out of reach. Uh, I, I thought for sure the Bengals were rolling. They did not have Chase, and I think Chase is going to be injured for a little bit, but it's so uh, crazy. Like, 
how different an offense can look without one player. And I know he's a dynamic player, but you think a wide receiver, I mean, come on, but even that Cardinals offense look, looks a little better now that Hopkins is back. So yeah. It does. Okay. Yeah. My good was the Browns too. So we, we covered that. Um, okay. You guys, any other good, or are you ready to move on to the bad? Let's get to the bad. I got my bad. Okay. Okay. Let's start with you, Matt. I got my, I got my, no, I got my ugly. I'm sorry. I got my ugly. My okay. <laughs> okay. So maybe what we'll do, we'll start with Talon. Talon, why don't you give us your bad? We'll hold your ugly uh, first. Uh, so what's your uh, bad Talon for week uh, eight? Yeah. My bad was uh, the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. and shout out to Chad Middleton because uh, he's a huge Cardinals fan and he, he was in a bad spot <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Oh, we got poor guy in a bad spot and the cardinals like you said hopkins was playing hopkins was playing great and murray was playing very good football he was driving down the field but just a couple costly turnovers those interceptions one was slightly behind and one was just airballed and then uh greg dorch fumbled on the on the punt return and they just spiraled and it just seems to be a theme but we talked on the on the opening podcast at the start of the season that Cardinals usually start off hot and then slow down. So they're doing the opposite this year, which is what we wanted to see. And they certainly are. So really it's only uphill from here because they are at the bottom. Yeah. I I don't know. I like, I, I think personally there's something between cliff uh, Kingsbury and, and, and Kyler Murray. I don't think they get along. And I think that in the end, I I don't think if um, I don't think they're going to be able to overcome that this year and i think that he'll be fired next year when the cardinals miss the playoff go ahead matt yeah is it because cliff kingsbury is a bad coach is that why is that why they don't get along that guy's awful i don't know how he got that job hey, go ahead Dallin. yeah i'm not a, a master lip reader uh, but you can you can definitely read kyler murray's lips when he's shouting back out at the sideline <laughs> of kingsbury and so yeah they do not get along yeah, you know, it, I don't I don't think Cliff is a good, good coach. I, I don't. But I also don't know if it doesn't sound like Kyler is the most easiest guy to coach either. So I just wonder because he's an offensive guy. Right. So like offensive guys are all about timing and scheme and, and throwing the ball, getting rid of it when you're supposed to. Um, and I, I feel like Kyler, I don't I don't know if he's that type of quarterback. So that's I'm kind of interested to see. If it is the coach, I do kind of blame the coach, but I also like, I don't know, like if he's playing call of duty all the time, is he really, <laughs> he need a coach or what, what's going on there? Go ahead, uh, Matt. Yeah, he needs Tua. Tua is all about timing and on structure. And Kyler is never going to be that quarterback. Just like Russell Wilson is never going to be that structured on time type of quarterback. So he, if that's the type of quarterback you need, why'd you draft Kyler Murray? Because those quarterbacks that are so athletic and can get out of trouble, they rarely are they they are on structure. Yeah, I agree. And I think like partly that makes that's why he is not a good coach, is because you got to adapt to the talent you have. And if you're not willing to adapt to the strengths of your, you know, top what what number one quarterback, right? He was the first quarterback to, in that draft. Um, so like if you're not willing to uh, adapt your offense to the talent that you have, I just feel like you're, you, you know, Bill Belichick is the greatest at doing that. He just figures out what his team is good at and he just does it. And it's just like, so he, 
I guess that's a good point. Like maybe he's just not a good coach, especially if he can't adapt to his star players. Um, let's see. Uh, do we got a bad from you, Matt? Yeah, my bad. I I, I picked one. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson. I mean, the Jets are the Jets should have won that game. They had so many opportunities, and Zach Wilson loves to throw interceptions. And he even admitted it in his interview. He doesn't like throwing the ball away. And he's not good at throwing the ball away because he threw an interception when he tried. So until that guy can actually learn how to process and be a quarterback, he's my bad. And I got him on my fantasy team in a in a dynasty league. And I'm like, why'd I draft that guy? <laughs> so it's, it's double pain to watch it. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I'm with you as a Dolphin fan. It's kind of nice to see. Uh, you got you got some ad town? Yeah, I, I'm with you, with you, Matt. And you know, or Dad, I should say. <laughs> interview with Zach Wilson at the end. You wanted him to say things like, you know, I need to get better at at, at not forcing the ball, throwing the ball away, like he said. But that wasn't the case. He 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 didn't seem to have grown anything uh, from that particular game. Uh, so it's going to take a couple more bad performances for Zach Wilson to maybe get it, get it through his head if he ever does. So a lot of cause for concern there. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, Brees Hall, his injury now, like uh, that was so sad because he looks so good. So um, as a Dolphin fan, it doesn't hurt me that bad that the Jets are suffering. Um, but uh, it does look like now, uh, which I'm excited about is we got the second best quarterback in the division as of right now. Last year, it looked like we might have <laughs> like the fourth best. So I'm, I'm kind of um, happy the way the season's turning out as a Dolphin fan, but I'm sorry, Jets fans. Um, uh, Let's talk about the Rams. That's my bad. My guy Stafford, uh, I, you know, they, they played him good in the first half. The second half, they come out and they just could not, you know, like, it was just like, and Stafford doesn't, he doesn't get time to throw the ball. He doesn't look like the same player. They miss Von Miller. They miss Odell. Allen Robinson's finally kind of seeming like he's developing chemistry with, with Stafford, but it almost is like, is it too little too late? Uh, we'll talk about them. A little bit of tease. We'll talk about the, him, the the Rams in the next segment. But they they were the team that really could have used a Christian McCaffrey to light a spark in that offense. But uh, and and even the defense, like it's just I just think um, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. If I had to say right off the top of my head right now, and I'm a little sad, but. Stafford got his ring, but this week was just not a good performance. They still can't run the ball. It's just like they cannot run the ball. Their offense line is atrocious. I don't know. It, it's just not not working out for them. Go ahead, Talon. Yeah, over the past uh, four seasons, you know, they were averaging well over 100 rushing yards a game. And, and this year, I believe they're at 63, which ranks 31st in the league. And, and that's costing them big time. Yeah, it's sad too because running backs aren't hard. Like they're just not hard to find. I, I like I don't believe like Mostert and Edmonds. The, the Dolphins got them for very cheap. You know, like I, there's plenty of examples in the NFL of like even backup running backs being solved. So for the fact that they are not comfortable, like now they're trying to get Acres to come back. I don't know if you got that sports update today. Like he he was sent away. He was going to be traded and they didn't get him traded. So they're like, Oh, I'll come back and play for us. It's like, yeah, we, we've tried this already. So I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to me. A little crazy to me. We love you again. 
yeah, yeah, exactly. Come run the ball. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys ready to move on to the ugly? I got my ugly. Okay. Uh, okay, let's start with you, Matt, then. Give us your ugly. The Las Vegas Raiders and everyone not named Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby on that team were ugly on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I can say. It was, it was trash. Um, let me ask you this because, you know, obviously uh, we didn't, uh, the Josh McDaniels part of it, I was kind of interested to hear from a Raiders fan. Um, how did you feel when he was hired? Like, were you excited about him or were you kind of cautiously like nervous because of his track record as a coach? I've heard nothing but negative things about Josh or not Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels, um, his attitude. But when I heard him in interviews and how he's grown and I know how much I've grown as a person over the past eight, 10 years. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to be a better coach. And I, I was cautiously optimistic as a Raider fan. I'm like this, you know, we didn't hire within the Raider family somebody who was not qualified to be a coach. So I was, yeah, I was really excited. And I don't think he's completely the problem, though I do hate some of his play calling. He loves the trick play, and I I, I can't stand that. Mm. Um, even just the jet sweep on third and one on, on Sunday, and you give it to Devontae Adams, I, I don't think that's what he was known for in Green Bay. Um, no. Give it to give it to Josh Jacobs. I mean, I hate third and one anyways, because I always feel like everyone knows what you're going to do. So do something completely different. But I, I don't think he's the complete problem. And I was really impressed that he apologized to all of Raider Nation in his interview uh, for that performance. That was one of the worst games, I would say, since the 49er Raider game on a Monday night when uh, Nick, uh, what was his name? Raiders. Nick Mullins lit the Raiders up. And I, th I thought this was one of, I thought this was a winnable game. And just defensively, offensively, they're horrible. I have not seen a good Raiders defense in years. And this is just another year of it being bad. Yeah, they, they, who did they get? Uh, Chandler Jones, right? <laughs> Chandler yeah. Jones, yeah. 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 I thought I, that I, was. I might, I might as well be out there rushing the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't really produced. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, Yeah, I was surprised too. I picked them to beat the Saints partly because, you know, the Saints are, you know, rotating quarterbacks. They don't know what, you know, they're doing. Their defense hasn't looked that great. And I just felt like the Raiders could not slip up. And they've been playing like good enough to be like, they could be like five and two right now or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, five and three. Uh, but I, I just felt like, yeah, they're not going to slip up this game. They need it. They need it to keep it in pace in the, for the playoffs in the, in the uh, AFC. Uh, but yeah, it was a very disappointing game to, especially when you needed. And they went away from what they were doing so well. And that was running Josh Jacobs 10 Correct. times, for 43 yards. That's 4.3 yards. Yeah. Uh, a, a carry. Why go away from it? I know you you were down by 17, but that doesn't mean you're out. And when that guy is running the ball, defenders get tired of, of tackling him. He's yep. a big dude. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know. It was just they went away from it. They weren't prepared and they looked awful. That's yeah, my yeah. ugly. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great ugly. A shutout is a great ugly. <laughs> he he only had 10 carries. He averaged 4.3 yards a carry. So the fact they didn't run him more is is kind of um uh what's it called? Uh surprising. But uh we'll 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 see if they can get back on track this week. We'll we'll talk about them. I don't know. It may they might have a buy. I I got we'll we'll talk about them. No, they don't. Okay. Uh Talon, what's your ugly of the week? My ugly was uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Obviously, they're not the worst team in the NFL. It'd be easy to say the Texans were the ugly, but we expect it from the Texans. The Bengals are grossly underperforming what they should be doing. And the fact is, it's it's alarming when uh, uh, Sean, T- Sean Taylor, I'm getting that name right, uh, <laughs> won't adjust the scheme to fit the offensive line. The offensive line isn't great, but they can they can create holes for the run game. And every time you see a five a five wide receiver split out with no running back back there, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a Joe Burrow sack because they can't they can't play that kind of football. And he is just so stubbornly committed to having Joe Burrow throw 450 yards a game and four touchdowns. And when you're up against an opponent with a, a D line like the Browns that can get after the quarterback so well why not adapt and and rush it down their throats because they have been susceptible to the run all year so the the scheming was ugly and that was a scary performance on halloween night no no pun intended yeah no, you're not wrong <laughs> um yeah and and like screen passes or bubble screens to get the edge rushers coming up field and you can get behind them with with the you know, get them tired out, keep them second guessing, running the ball. Yeah, I agree. I think Zach Taylor is just a little, um, a little stubborn in his, uh, in his play calling. Also, you need to adapt your place, uh, play calling because you don't have your best wide receiver out there like that, you know, like that's another reason to be like, okay, well maybe we got to get used to playing out, playing without the one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So maybe we got to adapt. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, on, on that that uh the the um the bangles ugly and if travis if you're listening he's our he's our resident bangle fan um sorry man just just when you thought they had it all figured out go ahead town yeah i was thinking uh zach taylor <laughs> sean taylor <laughs> to the great safety sean taylor <laughs> but uh, uh Z- zach taylor is his name and and Caden, uh, my brother, who is also a huge Bengals fan, is uh, probably going to laugh laugh me out of the room when he hears that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'll, I'll just do my ugly. My ugly is uh, the Broncos-Jaguars game. Any Broncos game, I'm going to put in the ugly for a long time. Uh, their offense still doesn't look that great. Um, and then the Jaguars, my uh, – Luke, our resident Jaguar fan, we were so excited when they were like 2-0 and or 2-1. and I think they were 2-1. and and they just continually shoot themselves in the foot. They're a young team. I didn't care for the trade. I thought they should have kept James Robinson because he was a good running back and him and ETN could kind of share the load. Now that's a positive. ETN had a huge game, but I don't know. I'm just, I, I just like, I'm so surprised at how bad the Jaguar. I was so, I thought they were going to win the South after because they look explosive and they keep every game close, but they keep shooting themselves in the foot. So 
Uh, the Bronco Jaguar game ugly just because every Bronco game is <laughs> too. So go ahead, Dallin. Remind me, what did they get uh, for the Robinson trade? Was it anything substantial? I think a fifth. Fifth, yeah. He would have done better. He would have done more good for the team than that fifth round pick is. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like, I guess they'd have to pay him after the season or something like that. But I don't. He has an injury history, but I don't know. Me, me, when I talked to Luke about it, he didn't like it either. So go ahead, Matt. Yeah, if they didn't pay him, wouldn't a compensatory pick have been even better than what they got? The uh, the the only one that's happy about that trade, other than the Jets, are Travis Etienne fantasy football owners. Correct. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Any other uglies for Week Eight? We good? Okay. Well, let's get into our trade deadline winners and losers. We'll just talk real briefly uh, about a couple. Maybe we'll each pick one winner, one losers, and then we'll see if anybody else has anything else on the table. So maybe I'll start with uh, Talon. Talon, you want to give us a winner that you had for the trade deadline? Yeah, it's... uh... It's kind of uh, buried underneath all the major trades, but I thought the Bears acquiring Chase Claypool hmm. really put a lot of trust in Justin Fields. He's he's managing to keep his team competitive, even though that is a lackluster offense. So if he can do that with what the weapons he's got around him now, they're showing like, hey, let's just give you another young receiver, see what kind of chemistry you have with him. I thought that was a a good confidence building move for Justin Fields. Like he's the guy moving forward. He's shown that. So let's, let's give him a little sample size of what a a big receiver can do for you. Uh, They got rid of Allen Robinson last year. Well, Chase Claypool can uh, fill that role a little bit. We'll see how he develops. So I liked that move. I I did too. It was one of my favorite moves as well, because so they gave up their second round pick, which will probably be somewhere between 35 and 40 five some somewhere in there because they've been winning a lot of games so it is a high pick but who knows what that player is going to be you know what clay um, pool is get weapons around fields give him a little bit more confidence in throwing the football he's he's sort of a jump ball right uh type of wide receiver so you know he can be sort of a security blanket for fields which i think is important for a young quarterback I, I love that because like you said, I think it kind of shows that they're they're putting their confidence that Justin Field can take that next step by making this trade. They didn't I I know some people are like I think they gave up too much, but I'm like, no, no, no. He was a second round pick that should have been taken in the first round. So they gave up just what they needed to to get the guy. So I, I like that um as a winner. Uh Matt, you have a winner? Yeah, I've got a couple. I one that I was really curious about because I didn't it really shows maybe the Bills lack of trust in in uh james cook to go out and get naeem hines Hmm. i think that's a really good addition uh because naeem hines is a great third down back he can return punts i think even kickoffs i'm a big fan of him and i think that the the colts have underutilized him even before uh they they got jonathan taylor in the draft I think he's been underutilized, but it said a lot about what where James Cook is also in his maybe even ability to uh, pass block. But my real winner I is the Vikings getting TJ Hawkinson and what they get. 
I think TJ Hawkinson is a great tight end. And I think that's going to give Kirk Cousins just another um, security blanket, which Kirk Cousins needs security blankets in order to succeed. And I think that was a great addition, especially with uh, Irv Smith going down. Yeah, quick question. Uh, for you with that with that take, Dad, do you think they're giving up on James Robinson, or do you think they're bringing in Naheem Hines possibly for James Robinson to learn his role in the offense from someone that's proven capable of doing that? Um, yeah, that that is a good question. Um, I I don't think they're giving up on James Cook. I think they like him, but he he obviously is not doing something. I mean, wasn't even his very first carry of the season a fumble? Mm-hmm. I mean, when he first got the chance, I think James Cook is really talented and I, I can't wait to see him be able to perform, but he's obviously not where he needs to be. And the Bills wanted that that type of back to come out of the backfield to dump the ball off. Um, and he's not he's not pro- uh, providing what they need. So I don't think they're giving up on him. I mean, he's a first year player. Um, and I think Naeem Hines is probably this is last year in the contract. So maybe it will be something good. Yeah. uh, And also the bills are ready to win now. Right. So like they need to get players that know how to play football. So I think if James cook, they're like, he's young, he's raw. We got to teach him things. He's not picking up the system maybe as quick as we hoped. So let's just trade when they give up a, a a six, a six round, a conditional six rounder for this guy who we know can play playoff football. I think that's what it basically was. Also, it adds depth to your team. Um, so if something happens to Singletary um, at, at running back, now you have someone like Naheem Hines who can help with the workload. So I think I think it was a good trade by the, uh, the Bills. I liked it as well. Kind of under the radar, like you said. Now, the TJ Hawkinson's trade, as a Lions backer, as a Lions fan, I, I, so I did a quick YouTube reaction clip and my basic thing was like, I don't quite get it for either team. This was before I found out Irv Smith was injured, but here's my thing. So the Vikings, I don't think, does that make them better than the Eagles by getting TJ Hawkinson? Does it make it better than the Cowboys? I don't think so. Like, so I just don't know what this trade does for you. Hawkinson is never had over a thousand yards receiving he's the potential is there but it always takes tight ends a couple years to get acclimated to the nfl that's why i tell people don't draft tight ends in the first round because it's it's like the most like they just take time to acclimate to the nfl i don't know why but like the the lions have now drafted eric ebron and tj hawkinson in the top 10 of two of their drafts in the past what 12 years and neither one of them stayed a line and neither one became like great tight ends as a lion I do like his talent. I think he's better than Ebron, but you know, basically the they the 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 Lions and Vikings like switch spots in the draft, so they're not like losing picks necessarily, but at the same time I just don't know what it does for the Vikings and uh, like you said it gives it gives Cousins a security blanket, but I don't think it's a trade that like propels them into contender status in my mind in the NF- NFC. Go ahead, uh, Matt. No, I agree with that. It's it's not going to make them better than some of those other teams in the NFC, but I do believe it will help them to compete because another thing that TJ Hawkinson does really well, and I think he he's a little underrated, is his blocking. Mm-hmm. He's a good, solid blocker. He's not just a, 
a tomato can out there in in the run game. So he he's um, he can catch and he can block. And I, I do think that will help uh, Dalvin Cook and just make that offense uh, continue to run. But no, they're not. They're they're not going to. I don't think they'll make the Super Bowl. But uh, it'll, it'll make Vikings fans happy for a little while. Sure, sure. One 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 injury away. Go ahead, Talon. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of it was to just uh, distract from Justin Jefferson just a little bit more. It's it's amazing. Uh, offhand, do you guys know how many uh, touchdowns Justin Jefferson has on the year? Uh, seven. I believe only three. Oh, okay, man. I I would think it'd be more. Yeah. I would think so too, but I was just I was just checking it out on fantasy and and I believe it's three. And so really they need to open things up for him more. And I think Hawkinson can definitely distract. And so I think that was a big mindset and what 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 uh Hawkinson brings to the table as well. Yeah, that's true. And and with with Jefferson, either either Hawkinson's gonna take some of that attention or he's gonna be wide open more having having someone like Justin Jefferson and Adam Adam Thielen on the field with him. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I just was like, I don't quite understand where like going after a pass rusher or, you know, an elite pass rusher or something like that might've been more, um, although they have two good edge rushers. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I didn't think that was the move for, for them to propel them to Super Bowl status, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Let's see here. My first winner Miami Dolphins, come on. They got uh they needed a pass rush so bad, guys. I'm telling you, like, who are we playing? I think it was the Steelers. And I'm just like, man, Kenny Pickett has so much time to throw the football. We can't generate a pass rush unless if we blitz. And if we blitz all the time, we put our corners who are because we've had a couple different injuries. Byron Jones isn't back yet. So it's just like, guys, we need a pass rusher. So I was kind of hoping they would get. Uh, when we did, um, I did f- uh, a segment called fix that team with Chris, I think last week where we talked about trades we wanted. I'm like, I hope the dolphins get a pass rusher, whether it was Chubb or Quinn and they got Chubb. Um, so I'm excited about it. I don't think they can, could have got, so they gave up that first round that they got from the 49ers. Now I don't have to hate watch the 49ers anymore. So I told Clint that, um, and, uh, the, um, the the pick's going to be later in the round. I don't think you could have got a pass rusher of Chubb's talent that high in the draft. Uh, that that you know in the third twenties, late twenties, thirty in the draft. I also like that they got Jeff Wilson because um, th- they could use a backup running back once they they got rid of Edmonds. And honestly, I like Wilson better than I like Edmonds so far this year. Like the way they run. Uh, and he's going to be like a easy puzzle piece to put in there because he already knows the running scheme because he's a 49er or was. So really excited about what they did on the trade deadline. Hey, Talon, I'm not sure who does Ryan like <laughs> in NFL. Who's his favorite team? Well, he actually, he, I think he said earlier something about liking the Jets. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That that's was a, that was a really good pickup though. That, that that was that and I I wanted to say Christian McCaffrey because honestly for um their head coach to get that that toy in Christian McCaffrey you know he's just staying up all night looking for ways to to use and abuse him yeah yeah that that's another good uh, talent 
Yeah, and and going back to the Dolphins for a second, I like how they value proven talent uh, more than than draft capital. I mean, look what they look look at the players, the quality players that are contributing for them right now. Hill, Waddle, and and Bradley Chubb, and what and what did they get that from? Uh, trading trading back for, uh, with the 49ers for Trey Lance. So you're tell ask the 49ers who would they rather have those three guys or Trey Lance right now. And so it'd be a pretty obvious, a pretty obvious choice. So the Dolphins are doing it right. They're they're taking proven skilled positions and it's paying off. Yeah, they still got their quarterback on a rookie deal. That's important to note, too, because that helps in the, making these moves. The Dolphins have 15 sacks on the season. That's it. Uh, Bradley uh, Chubb has 5.5 sacks on the season. So he has uh one third of the amount of the entire Dolphins team. So that 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 is what uh I'm excited about. And again, having that backup running back. Okay. Let's talk about losers. Uh let's start with Matt. Matt, what's a loser you had for the N- uh, NFL trade deadline? I hate to go back to my team, but it's who I follow the most. Mm-hmm. And I think the Raiders are a huge loser. Not that I expected them to acquire anyone because of where they are in the season but i'm like did no were there no offers for chandler jones maybe just to be that you know that pass rusher just uh to get after the quarterback um don't expect him to do too much more or i mean were they were they fielding offers for anyone on the team i know it's a bunch of garbage but i mean could they have traded any more players not acquire, but trade. The only one I would have loved to seen them acquire and re-sign would have been Roquan Smith. Mm. I wanted them to draft, but the Bears got him right before the Raiders in that draft. And I'm like, oh, that would have been a great trade. But they're they're a huge, they're just a huge loser. And I'm just a bitter fan. Yeah, uh, the expectations coming into the season, I could see why you, you, you're you're disappointed. Uh, sell the team or, or make a big move. Um, but yeah, didn't do either. Kind of stayed pat. Uh, Talon, you got a loser? Yeah, it's pretty obvious, but the Packers not getting a wide receiver for Rodgers. It's like they're wasting his, his last year. I mean, do you guys think Rodgers will come back to the organization the way it stands right now next year? No, I think I think he gets traded if he stays. Um, yeah, I think a team will give up, like like the Colts. Yeah, like yeah. the Colts would give up a lot for him. I think you know uh, the the Panthers might be willing to give up a lot for him. Maybe even a team like the Rams. Well, not the Rams, the 49ers, depending on how they feel about Lance. I, yeah. I don't. I'm just saying, like there there's there's going to be options out there. I was thinking if Tua. Um, didn't end up panning out that the Dolphins would be one of those teams that might want Rodgers in the offseason. I, I don't think he stays there. I, I think the Packers, like, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, – I'm with you. It's They're a loser. I'm not going to harp on it too much because I've been pretty critical of the Packers organization all season long. But the fact that they couldn't somehow get Chase Claypool for, for, for Rodgers or Brandon Cooks was on the trade market um, – the the I have never seen Aaron Rodgers throw so many screens and bubble screens in my life, and it's because those guys can't route run, and he doesn't trust them to route run. Like that's the biggest problem. So, you know, I I know he's a difficult personality. You don't have to like the guy, but it doesn't mean he's he's the problem. And I think I think even questioning like how good of a coach is Matt Lafleur is coming into my head. Like I just 
he, he was 27th in offense when he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans. And then he gets Aaron Rodgers, and everyone's like, oh, what a great head coach. But the defense, like last year, the special team was bad. This year, the defense isn't playing up. They have seven first round picks on the defensive side of the ball, and they aren't like the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'm with you. I can't, I can't talk, I talk about it anymore. <laughs> Just awful to me. They had seven first rounders on that defense. So yeah, that that kind of goes back to making us question the head coach. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and um, last week I found out they have drafted in the first round one offensive player since 2011. That player is Jordan Love in the first round. They have not spent a first round uh, pick on an offensive player. That is crazy to me. How's yeah, he doing? Jordan? <laughs> well, I think that uh, Packer fans are going to find out what he's all about sooner rather than later, but we'll see what happens. We get Gary uh, McGee on the podcast to talk about Packers. <laughs> who, who? Ryan's wife, uh, Carrie. Oh, yeah, Carrie. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> so annoying. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say my losers, the Rams. The Rams really needed to do something as well. I know rumor had it that they were the ones that offered the big deal to get Brian Barnes, uh, um, Burns, Brian Burns from the Panthers. Uh, and that fell through. They didn't get a running back. Uh, they didn't get another receiver, didn't get another offense. They didn't do anything. I'm sure they tried, but you didn't do anything. So you're a loser Rams. You needed something. So I think, I just think they're, 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 they're just not going to make the playoffs and they have no picks to like, recoup basically because they traded them all and that's the price you sort of pay um with that type of a style of G- gming building a team so yeah okay uh any other winners or losers of note that you guys want to hit on before we move on okay i'm just going to add one more sneaky uh trade that happened uh with uh uh Kadarius tony to the chiefs uh, he was a first round wide receiver that the giants did not, did not pan out for the giants so far. I think he's only been in the league for two years and they only gave up a third and a sixth. And I'm like, this is what a great organization does for their quarterback. They're like, yes, Juju is coming along he's got Travis Kelsey. Hardman's not looking bad. MVS makes plays here and there, but you know what? We're still going to give our quarterback another weapon that could possibly pan out. The Chiefs doing it right, and I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, that that was a good trade. I think because you get a first round talent for for very little price, and who knows, it could help them in the future. Okay, anything else, guys? No, I agree. I agree with that. We'll see what Kadarius Tony is if he can't uh, if he can't put it together with Andy Reid as head coach and Patrick Mahomes, then uh, he's just going to be a and just a jag, yeah, <laughs> just a guy. Yeah, no, I agree. But you know what's interesting is like every wide receiver that's on the Giants for the last couple of years haven't been, it hasn't been good. Like uh, Kenny Galladay is one that like I, that I think of. They pay all that money to bring him there. He's not even playing right now. So I just wonder how how I don't know. Like I like I like the coach. I like Dayball. I think he's a really good head coach so far. But it's just funny to me that these wide receivers are not panning out there right now. So is it just is it Daniel Jones? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is it the scheme because they're more run heavy? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Okay, guys. Well, let's move on. We're going to predict week nine. 
Are you guys ready to do this, Ryan, for the versus the guest? I'm yeah. ready. Okay. So this is how we do it. We got two two guys on. Um when I have two guests on, uh each time they get a a uh, prediction right, uh we they it counts as a half a game. I still get the whole point, you guys get a half point. So last week I had 13 out of the 15 games I guessed correctly. Ooh, wow. I was pretty yeah, pretty happy about that. Uh, Chris got 11 out of 15. So I didn't, uh, so right now the guest is still beating me 60 to 58 on, on right. Um, so I'm, I'm down by two. So you guys, I need you to let me gain some ground here. Uh, so <laughs> let's start out with the Thursday night game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Houston Texans, uh, Talon, let's start with you. Who, who you going with here? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, uh, Matt. So, do we get an invite back if we pick the Texans? I will invite you back. <laughs> so I can get crowned. <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Eagles. Okay, yeah, that's who I have as well. The uh, LA Chargers at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Matt, who do you have in that one? I'm going to pick the Falcons. Okay, okay. How about you, Talon? I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Uh, they need it. They need it way more. And I mean, Justin Herbert, he's gonna come out on top of that one. It, yeah, I, I don't. I think this is another like great quarterback, just a bad coach type situation. <laughs> I don't. I don't trust Daly. Uh, but I am going to pick the Falcons. Um, I think them being at home, they've been feisty. I like what they've done with their team so far. Arthur Smith just schemes smoke and mirrors somehow offensively. The running game has been pretty good. Um, and I just don't trust trust the Chargers. I just don't. They were the most talented team other than the Bills coming in the season. They've been such a disappointment this year. So um, I'm going Falcons. Miami Dolphins at the Chicago Bears. Talon, who are you picking? You know, before the Bradley uh, Chubb trade, I would have maybe called for the upset here. But now, hey, is, is he playing? Is he right in the system uh, this this Sunday? I, I think he's going to play, yeah. I think he'll definitely, maybe not every play, but I think passing downs like third and long, he'll be out there. Yeah, okay. It's not, that tilts me a little bit. I'm going, I'm going Miami. Okay, how about you, Matt? How cold is it going to be on Sunday? Uh, well, it's really nice out in Wisconsin right now. I do not know, honestly. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Dolphins, but boy, if it's bad weather, I could, I could definitely see an ugly game. But I'm, I'm picking the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I'm gonna pick the Dolphins too. The Bears trade Roquan Smith. They also traded uh, Quinn. I think that's gonna hurt their defense a little bit. Um, and I think that the Dolphins can take advantage of that. And I think they're going to be pretty excited adding Chubb. And I think that defense is gonna show up this week. Hopefully, hopefully, guys, hopefully. So Dolphins, yep. Carolina Panthers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, let's start with Matt. What, who do you got in this one? The Bengals. I think that I think they'll take care of the the Panthers. Uh, Talon. Yeah, I I agree. I, I still they don't have Jamar Chase, but the Bengals pretty much dismantled the Falcons in the Falcons Panthers game. They were matched pretty evenly, so I see them. Uh, beating Carolina pretty good as well. I, I agree. I think after that performance they showed on Monday night, I think they're going to come out not taking this too lightly. So, yeah, I have the Bengals as well. 
The Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. Talon, who do you have? I'm going to go Detroit here. I Whoa. think I'm going Detroit here. And I know Green Bay loves picking up on uh, picking uh, on the Lions, but I am, I'm going to say Detroit here. I think the Packers just keep their spiral going. Okay. Okay, Matt. No, this is this is Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl. He loves beating the Lions. This is his Super Bowl this year. Uh, the Packers are going to win. Okay, Packers. Okay. I almost thought about picking this up as an upset as well, just because I don't like the vibes in Green Bay right now. That's partly it. Rodgers have ne- you know, not having a lot of talent and stuff. The problem is, is the Lions defense is so bad. Like the the the, the Dolphins receivers are so wide open. Not trying to compare them to Packers wide receivers. Packers don't have wide receivers. But also the run game for Green Bay, they ran really well against the Bills. And I think that they'll be able to continue that, and I just don't trust the Lions defense. So I am going to pick the Packers as well. Uh, rate the Okay, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, let's just start with Matt here. Matt, who you have? The Raiders. Yeah. How did you feel about them moving to Las Vegas? Uh, I hate being a Northern Nevada guy. I I don't like Las Vegas at all. We really don't like UNLV being Nevada Wolfpack fans. Um, but I like the fact that they're in the state, and I love that stadium. And just getting out of that dump that they were in in Oakland, going to games there and smelling the sewage, uh, actually having a state-of-the-art facility and training facility, I'm happy about it. Yeah, I, I'm happy about it. I, 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 I hate the Las Vegas though. I just like calling them the Raiders. That, that's fair. Uh, they call it the Death Star, right? Yeah, or the Roomba. The Roomba. Okay, 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 okay. Either one. We clean up. Okay, <laughs> we clean up nicely. Um, Talon, who do you have? It's tough. I've been picking the Raiders all year and all year. They've just underperformed. Uh, do you know where Jacksonville ranks against the run this year? I don't offhand. Not not if, great. If they stick with running Josh Jacobs, yeah, I don't see how they lose this game. ETN's playing well also. It's going to be tight, but I got the Raiders by three, so I'll stick okay. with that. I like the the even points. I'm just going to say Raiders as well. Listen, even if the Raiders don't play that great, I think Jacksonville will shoot themselves in the foot like they always do. They'll they'll make the game close. It'll probably be a fun game. But yeah, Jack the Jaguars cannot get out of their own way right now against any team, so I don't expect it to change right now. The Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Uh, tell them who you got in this one. I got New England in this one. How about you, Matt? Yeah, Patriots. The Colts are pitiful. That's a big disappointment. That, that That's a team we could have talked about, too, is ugly. They're disappointing. They need a quarterback. Yeah, so he thought, he thought Matt Ryan was going to fix that. He just he, he couldn't. He didn't. Yeah. Another aging quarterback. Go draft a quarterback. Use the capital. Draft a quarterback. Now, Bill Belichick will find a way to 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 win this game. Yeah, I 100% agree with both of you, so I'm picking the Pats as well. I, and and rookie quarterbacks typically don't stand a chance against Bill Belichick, but we'll see what happens. The Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Uh, Matt, who do you have? The Bills. Until Zach Wilson learns to throw the, the ball away, the Bills. 
That's Josh fair. Allen's too good. He's just great. That's fair. Uh, Talon? Yeah, and Zach Wilson's not going to learn to be a better quarterback against that Buffalo defense. <laughs> so this this is going to be a blowout, Bills. Yeah, I'm with both of you guys. I just don't see how this is even, even a game. Um, the Minnesota Vikings at the Washington Commanders. Uh, Talon? Hmm. Man, Taylor Heineke just, uh, he loves to win football games, but, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say commanders. They're going to pull East is just tricky. This I'm going to say it. No. (laughs) Matt, who do you have? The Vikings, the Vikings, they're, they're going to go in there and they're just going to dominate them. I would like to say that too. I'm going to say the Vikings, but it does concern me because the Vikings are a team that always plays to their opponent most of the time. So I I am a little nervous about that because the commanders are a team that are is frisky. Go ahead, man. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is going home to get revenge. That's right. Kirk Cousins to revenge game. Did you factor that in, Talon? I did. I did. I think Kirk Cousins is the most boring guy in the NFL at court. So I don't think he has like enough testosterone to even care about revenge games. <laughs> you like me now. <laughs> that, that's great. Enough testosterone. I like that. Okay, fair. Okay, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Talon. You're not going to believe this, but every time I pick against the Seahawks this year, the Seahawks win. So I'm picking the Cardinals to win this game. Okay. Okay. How about you, Matt? I'm not superstitious like my boy. I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks. That's fair. Uh, he's not superstitious. He's just a little superstitious. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Seahawks. I just like them. This I like the vibe of the team. I like, I like Kenneth Walker. I'm glad he's been unleashed, and my fantasy teams are as well because I took a shot on him in a lot of leagues. I just. I, I just really like the vibe and I do not like the vibe in um, Arizona. I just don't. So I'm going Seahawks. Um, speaking of not liking vibes, uh, the LA Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What a weird game. If I mean, like crazy. Uh, to me, this is crazy because I'm not confident in either one of these teams. Uh, Matt, who do you have? No confidence. This is a zero confident pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams simply because the Bucks O-line is really suspect in the middle. And the Rams have one meat eater in the middle that's going to make Tom Brady pay. And uh, that's Aaron Donald. So I'm, I think I think they're going to do enough damage where the Rams are going to just squeak it out. Okay, I like it. Uh, Talon? Well, looking back... At the start of the season, this was just such a great matchup. Right? Yeah, rematch of the divisional round game. And I think back to why the Rams ended up pulling out the victory in the divisional round. It was Cooper Cup, last-minute heroics. Now Cooper Cup's a little banged up uh, day-to-day with that ankle injury. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm going Tampa Bay here because I don't see the Rams being able to do anything on offense if Cooper Cup is banged up. We've already talked about their running game this podcast. So, yeah, I'm going Tampa Bay because even if even if Cooper Cup suits up, he probably isn't going to be 100%. So, yeah, Tampa Bay. 
Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bucks, And the only reason why is they're at home. The <laughs> if, if the Rams would have been at home, I probably would have picked the Rams. But uh, I just, both these teams, I cannot believe the, the, the fall, the fall from last year because the majority of the team is still intact that they had last year, but they're missing just enough pieces where it's just downhill. But so I'm going to pick the Bucs just because they're at home. Um, Sunday night football, the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are coming off a bye. So was the Chargers, by the way. I forgot about that. But um, the Chiefs coming off the bye. Let's see here. Let's go with Talon. Talon, who you got? I believe historically coming off the bye, the Kansas City Chiefs just dominate. Is Ryan Tannehill going to be back for this game? I think he's still day-to-day. I don't think he's for sure coming back. Well, even if he was coming back, it wouldn't matter because I think that he's going to dominate this game. Uh, what What about you, Matt? Uh, Andy Reid doesn't lose coming off of a bye, and he's not going to lose to Ryan Tannehill or uh, or the other uh, who, who who's the other quarterback? Uh, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Thank you. Um, no Chiefs. Yeah, I have the Chiefs too. I think this year I still have yet to pick against the Chiefs. So. I just, I, yeah, Mahomes, he'll, they'll get it done. They'll get it done. Okay. Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Matt, who do you have in this one? Monday Night Football. I'm going to go the Saints because I think that game against the Raiders gave them a, a little bit of a pick, pick me up, little confidence. And I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run. And I, I think they can play with the Ravens. What about you, Talon? Yeah, I, I think that's very sound reasoning. However, it seems like the Saints pattern this year has been good one week, bad the next, good one one week, bad bad the next. So they were great last week against a pretty mediocre team in Las Vegas. And I think I think Baltimore is going to hit them in the, in the mouth a little bit. So I say Ravens win it. Yeah, this one's a tough one, isn't it? Like Saints are going to be tough on a Monday night, I think, because of the home crowd being really into it. Roquan Smith, how much of a difference does he make? Ah, man, I'm going to I'm I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm I'm going to pick the Ravens just because I'm I'm going to pick the team with the better quarterback. That's in, in this situation. That's that's how I'm going to determine that one. I when it when in doubt, just always go with the better quarterback, I guess. Go ahead, Talon. Yeah, but what about also factor in the red rifle? He oh, knows I did the, not. He knows this team pretty well. And think about what he did to them uh, to end their uh, playoffs, playoff hopes, what, three or four years ago? I think Andy Dalton just hates the Ravens. He has a personal vendetta against them. So mm. something interesting to factor into, but not enough to change my mind. But it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I think so. Go ahead, Matt. I just want to thank my son for calling my team mediocre because that was that was a great compliment. You're welcome. I got your back. <laughs> awesome. Uh, just real quick, I forgot to mention by teams: uh, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers. So we didn't get a chance to talk about them um, as far as predictions. Okay, guys. Anything else? I just want to say thank you. I've wanted to do something like this for a long time, and this was a lot of fun. I love talking football. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, Matt. And uh, you guys will be welcomed again 
uh, especially uh, season, big season stuff. We we predict playoffs. We get a big group on, on Zoom to do that as well. So we'll 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 get you guys on again, even probably later on this season once I get a a nice little rotate. But you're you're on my texting. I'll probably ask for your information afterwards so I can text you as well. Um, but uh, yeah, but but yeah, thank you both for your time. Uh, that that this was real fun. Um, for everybody Appreciate else. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at nuttybuddy underscore sports. That's when I show I drop podcasts. Follow, uh, check me out on YouTube. I'll take clips of different podcasts, but I also do special things for YouTube, like I did an emergency TJ Hawkinson trade and an emergency uh, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins trade. I had to talk about that right away. I was super excited about it. So uh, I have those exclusively on YouTube and I'll post clips of us on YouTube at times as well. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk to you guys soon.